G'day guys, it's Ryan here from The Pretensioners, and uh, this is, I suppose, episode 1A, uh, which is, is like a, an introduction to uh, each of us, uh, myself, Ryan, and Jack Orbort, both are the co-founders of The Pretensioners. Uh, and what we really wanted to do in, in each uh, one of our uh, introduction podcasts or journal entries, these are going to be... Uh, is just a, a one-on-one, like a, a an auditory sort of journal entry, um, explaining my story and my background, and um, it, it's really to give you guys a bit of a background on, I suppose, who we are as people, but then who we are as engineers and what we do um, to help educate people on the different types of engineers out there, um, and also just to inspire and, and encourage other people to reach out to us and share their stories as well. I suppose we probably we probably covered it in the first very first introduction episode, but the pretension is is, is really about helping create a, a knowledge hub and a community of, of engineers that want to help educate prospective engineers, students, uh, and 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 people really about what the industry is like. So we really want to uh, I suppose help people understand what you do in your everyday today, um, what different types of engineers are out there in all of the industries. And um, yeah, really what the skills are that you need to learn to be able to do the everyday job, I suppose. So um, yeah, so I suppose what I'll do in, in starting off my, my, you know, my first journal entry, my just one-on-one here in the, in the meeting room uh, is give you my elevator pitch. And uh, basically that's just to explain that, hey, my name's Ryan Lumens. I'm an electrical engineer at GHD uh, in the Brisbane office. And um, I'm also a key client coordinator for Origin Energy. So uh, basically, as an electrical engineer, I work technically like a power engineer. And um, if, if you're not in the electrical industry, that's basically electrical engineers that work in the high voltage space. Uh, and that's a, a lot of like, for other people not known, it would be things like your renewable energy, um, your solar and your wind, uh, your typical uh, generation. So things like your coal seam gas, uh, your coal power plants, uh, hydroelectric dams, uh, and then also it's other things like your transmission and distribution. So uh, in layman's terms, that's like your poles and wires. And uh, my second role is, is like an additional role. It's, it's voluntary, um, but I think it's a really fantastic role, and I'll explain it um, towards the end of the podcast. It's basically a, a key client coordinator for Origin Energy. So uh, if you live in, in, in Queensland, you'll know what that means, but I'll explain that later on. So um, I'm actually currently seconded to City Power, Power Core, um, down here in Melbourne, which is absolutely unreal. Um, but I'm actually going to leave that for another podcast. So that's actually going to be another sort of journal entry, just a one-on-one, um, you know, explaining what this secondment is and, and what that entails. This really today is just about my, my background. But um, uh, I suppose the other role I take on uh, is being a committee member in um, the YEAQ, which is basically the Engineers Australia. Uh, they have a Young Engineers Committee, and uh, yeah, I'm a committee member on, uh, in, in, that, uh, in that group there, which is really fantastic. And again, I'll, I'll explain that in detail later on. So um, obviously, I, I probably should start at the start, which yeah, is pretty logical. So um, uh, I actually moved from New Zealand, born in New Zealand, uh, moved to Australia in 2000. So um, like a, a lot of the rest of Australians, I'm an immigrant, and um, uh, although I'm I'm pretty pretty uh, you know pretty 
proud of being a Kiwi. I obviously love love living in Australia and it's a fantastic place to live. So um, I graduated high school uh, with only P10. So um, don't laugh at me too much, but that's that's pretty average. Um, I don't know what that would be in uh, in, in New South Wales and, and Victoria, but I mean, maybe like a 75% or something like that. Se- 70th to the 75th percentile, I think, something like that. But um, I think the really key thing and the really awesome thing I appreciate from my parents is encouraging me to do all of the core subjects, the really the, the sciences and the maths. So although my, my exit score was not the best, um, I did science, physics, uh, complex maths, um, technical studies, uh, obviously English, and, uh, and then on top of that was uh, physical education, which was good fun as well. So um, after, after high school, uh, I'd been at school for 13 years and I'm, I'm not the biggest student, uh, the biggest sit-down student, I suppose. So uh, what, what started as a gap year uh, ended up becoming a gap three years. And um, yeah, basically, uh, as soon as I finished high school, I actually started this, this job. Uh, it was a sales role, uh, commission only, um, for a, a company called PCA in, in Surface Paradise on the Gold Coast. And um, that was actually a business-to-business and door-to-door sales job, which um, sounds pretty terrible, I know. But um, rather than selling you electricity or, or, uh, or, or Foxtel, uh, I was actually uh, campaigning on behalf of charities. And uh, basically the way it worked is that we pitched people um, to make pledge donations to massive worldwide charities, obviously like the Surf Lifesavers, um, Medicine Sans Frontieres, the, the Doctors Without Borders, um, canteen, obviously kids with cancer, uh, the Heart Foundation, um, yeah, heaps, heaps of other charities. So we actually pitched people to donate a, a small donation each month. Uh, and then basically we obviously got paid on a commission structure from that. So, uh, but really the why, why I'm detailing that is just because I, I loved, and that was probably the best job so far in my career, uh, in terms of the skills, uh, and everything that I learned. And uh, I just quickly want to, want to tap on a couple of the skills I learned in that job. And number one was emotional intelligence. Um, I think that job was so, so important. And I, obviously, in hindsight, it was amazing to actually do that job as an engineer. Um, because learning emotional intelligence was really at identifying and understanding uh, whether people are extroverted or introverted, uh, as well as logical or personal people. So um, I suppose having that emotional intelligence to understand other people's emotions uh, and also understand my own emotions and how I can harness them in the most effective way, I suppose. So uh, the second one was definitely body language. That's so, so, so crucial and so key. And um, I suppose the, the first aspect is uh, identifying, how, identifying how my own body language uh, actually conveys messages to people. You know, you might actually think that you're being happy or perceptive or whatever, but your body language is showing another signal. And, uh, and then vice versa, for people that you might feel are... Uh, either lying to you or not telling you the full truth or, you know, they're trying to send mixed signals. Uh, I was really understanding people's body language and um, really understanding what they might be thinking or feeling, but they're not actually speaking out to you literally. So that was a really fantastic one. And uh, logical thinking was, was the third and one of the most important points uh, at that sales job. Um, it strengthened my logical thinking um, to separate the emotion from logic when when working or dealing with uh, an income based job, um, I actually didn't get any retainer, no like you know minimum wage, nothing like that. It was straight one hundred percent commission from day dot, and um, I ended up working that job for two years. So it was really 
um, taking the emotion out of my job, taking the emotion out of the rejections you got every door and, and you know, the dogs barking at you or people telling you, you know, to bugger off sometimes and, and, and really just looking at it logically. And uh, that made my job so much easier. And that allowed me to work at that job for two years, whereas some people would, you know, have a really good start, maybe have one bad day or, you know, one bad week and they would quit because they were too emotional. So that was one thing that I suppose built not only logical thinking, but also resilience. Um, as I, as I explained it now that resilience really sticks out to me, which was amazing. And, um, another one was actually the art of selling. It's, it's really interesting to think that, oh, okay, you know, only people that are salesmen are actually sell, but really the one thing, and it's probably the, the number one takeaway for me from that job I'll use for the rest of my life, um, was understanding that whether it be selling a product, uh, a service uh, or an idea, uh, I really feel like the art of selling is used in everyday life, whether you're pitching an idea to a client or you're just trying to motivate your staff to improve production. Um, I, selling ideas and getting people to buy into your ideas uh, is such a huge skill set and an underrated skill set that people, I suppose, already know but don't consciously think of. So that's a massive thing that engineers have to do all the time. And um, yeah, that's one thing I really, 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 uh, I suppose, appreciated. Um, learning at that job. And the last one was just definitely teaching. So um, for me, uh, I'm actually a vis- visual and kinesthetic learner. So it was already, I, I sort of already knew that um, for me, I, I already valued uh, practicing over preaching, you know, as a teacher and getting my students to, te- to, to practice. But um, I really learned in this job that teaching people the skills, I suppose, to sell, you know, everyone learnt things in different ways. So some people are visual, uh, auditory or kinesthetic. And so really understanding that when I'm learning, but also then when I'm teaching others uh, in any space, um, making sure that you can teach the way it works best for them. So those were, I suppose, some dot points on why that job was probably the best in my career. And every job I've actually applied for and got after that sales job for two years, They've always asked me, like, oh, so what's this role at PCA? What did you do? And, and I explained, you know, two years, commission only, door-to-door selling technically, and, and people couldn't believe it, you know? And so that was, that was really, really fantastic, that career. And um, the second one or the, the, th- the second job or the third year of my, my gap years uh, was at Ergon Energy. So um, if you're not from Queensland, um, that's like one of our power utilities or electricity utilities uh, in Queensland. And I worked there as an assistant to the, uh, I suppose, the electricians there. And um, that was really obviously uh, instrumental for my career. Um, I suppose I learned there the, uh, showed me the the interesting aspects of electrical engineering and what the electricians and the electrical engineers do every day. And uh, I suppose early on, this was 2012, this gave me a, a sneak peek into what renewable energy was and I suppose the potential for renewable energy and the future that was to come. So, I mean, I never fully understood what was coming in renewable energy, but I could see the importance of it, um, even in something as simple as rooftop solar panels. And um, that is, I suppose, a little bit of the seed that helped um, get me into electrical engineering and and why I think that's probably the biggest and best decision I've made in my life so far. So, um, those two jobs, um, as well as a lot of traveling and stuff I did over those three years, um, that really formed my gap year, my gap three years. And if you're still a student or, you know, you're not really sure what you want to do after high school or whether you want to go to uni straight away, 
I honestly encourage you to take six months off, take 12 months off, think about it, work a bit, enjoy money, see what you want to do with your career, see what your skills really translate to. Because um, unfortunately at school, you don't get a great opportunity to practice your skills. I mean, you do a lot of learning, a lot of listening, a lot of note taking, but you don't actually get to turn around and do a lot. So when you get out, you're like, you've been told so much on what you should do and what's good and all these sort of things, but um, you don't actually get to do any of it, you know? So you you sort of just, I suppose, are impressioned by your parents and teachers and and, and others, uh, what you should probably study or what you should do with your life. So I definitely encourage everyone listening, do yourself a favor, take six months off, take 12 months off, take three years if it's like me and um, and really understand what you wanna do. Because to be honest, uh, when I finished high school, I got accepted uh, at Bond University to do a double in exercise science and psychology. Because what I originally wanted to do was to be like a sports physician and, and work with football teams and rugby teams all around the world. Um, but yeah, uh, I really, uh, I found out later on that the industry was not what I thought it was gonna be. That sports physician work was only really five or 10% of the industry. And a lot of what physios did was rehab work with car crash victims, aged care people and people receiving, you know, transplants. So of, uh, of things like hip transplants and stuff. So please, I encourage you guys, definitely take a, a, off one or two or three years as a gap year to understand where you want to be and what you want to do in your career. So um, yeah, I suppose fast forward after that, I, um, I, I finished that job at Ergon and uh, I was turning 21 and I was thinking, shit, like, what should I do with my life? You know, I, I, I'm not a massive student. I don't love to sit down and just, you know, go crazy uh, on the whiteboard all day. But I know I can't just get a, a desk job, like be a manager of Woolworths or, or something quite simple like that because I love to be challenged and I get bored easily. So um, I love to travel as well. Both my parents are foreigners. Uh, my mom's from Brazil and my dad's from the Netherlands. So um, I always knew that I love different cultures and food and languages and so I loved the idea of having a career that was international. That was one massive, I suppose, deciding factor in why I chose engineering. Um, the other thing is I like nice things. So I, I knew that I, with traveling as well, I knew that I needed a career that paid well. And so uh, for me, that was, what, that was another, another motivator. And, and I suppose why I chose engineering and then also electrical engineering is, I don't know how, I obviously, I suppose, got support from my parents, but I, I just sort of saw engineering as changing with technology. Um, obviously, everyone could probably see things becoming digital, like laptops and phones and stuff like that, even back in 2005, 2010, 2012, as I was growing up. And um, I really saw that I wanted to do something that would continually change and evolve. And I wouldn't want to just be in you know, the same industry, doing the same old thing for the rest of my life, where I'd probably you know, blow my brains out. So um, yeah, so that led me to electrical engineering at Griffith University on the Gold Coast. And um, really to, to start explaining, I suppose, my, my uni life, um, I'll be frank and I'll be honest. Uh, I did four and a half years. I took an extra semester to do my, my degree. Um, so for four and a half years, it took me a little bit longer uh, because I suppose the lifestyle I wanted, and that's something I really want to stress, um, is, the, is the lifestyle, and that's the decision you have to make, the lifestyle that you want while you're at uni. Now, I'm not advocating for one or the other. It's, you know, one, one size does not fit all. But for me, I ended up working 25 to really 35 hours each week. Um, as I was obviously already technically a little bit of an older student, I had a lot of bills to pay. But I also love being very social, hanging out with my friends a lot, 
and having nice things. So it was important for me to, uh, and I remember having this mindset, it was really important for me to enjoy 21 when I first started uni to 25. I didn't want to think about it like I was just going to lock myself away and study like a, you know, study like a nun for those four years and then, yeah, get good grades, but almost, you know, not really have or not really remember those four years from 21 to 25, which I thought was so fundamental and fun. So uh, again, um, it's not for everyone, but uh, I was pretty happy to uh, have a a pretty even balance between work and study. Um, You know, I I probably could have been a a bit better as a student, no doubt, but um, I was really happy with the the lifestyle I I had and uh, I enjoyed. And and I know it's not for everyone, but that obviously then meant working a lot and, and having to pay for bills and things meant that my GPA or my university score, um, you know, obviously, I suppose, suffered from that. So um, I had a pretty average GPA and um, I suppose that was, you know, caused by working a lot and that sort of stuff. And, uh, and, and that sort of then turned towards the end of my uh, towards the end of my degree, because then I ended up doing really well in my, uh, I suppose, internship paper. But um, one other aspect I actually worked on uh, while I was at Griffith University was working as, uh, like, I suppose, the School of Engineering student ambassador. And uh, to anyone listening, I really encourage, uh, I suppose, volunteering roles like this at any committee or any university that you're a part of. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, in, in, I suppose, the, the student ambassador role, I worked for the School of Engineering as I mentioned, and um, I did things like volunteering at the Griffith University Open Days. And um, there we obviously took tours um, for all of the students and the, and the parents looking to, to study engineering. And um, we really showed them, I suppose, some of the cool laboratories and the cool things they could do, but also explaining what was involved in the degree and I suppose why we chose engineering. And um, that was a really cool thing to just try and encourage uh, encourage other students and other kids and other people to get into STEM and get into engineering. So, uh, and another event or another role that we had as student ambassadors, which I loved, um, was actually doing, uh, I suppose, conducting like STEM, and I keep going on about that science, technology, engineering, maths, um, STEM events at primary and high schools. And uh, what we did is we actually went out to the primary and high schools and we did like little challenges, um, you know, real simple things like math challenges or, you know, the typical ones like making a paddle pop bridge or a spaghetti bridge or, you know, a lot of different cool science math sort of based uh, problems and, 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 and things like that. Um, quite fun as well. And, you know, we had a lot of lollies and a lot of games and stuff like that. But it was really just to encourage the, the primary and high school kids to, uh, to study STEM um, and also develop their logical thinking and their problem solving. And I suppose the biggest focus for us as well was to help encourage kids to study the science and math subjects for what they can be, not what they are. So, I mean, a lot of, I know I, I, I certainly thought a little bit like that when I was younger in high school thinking, oh, why do I want to study maths and science? They're so boring or they're so hard or, you know, but we really wanted to encourage people to think, you know, don't think short term about why you want to do maths, but think about the careers you can have because of those subjects, physics, chemistry, biology, maths, uh, and the careers that they can take you on. Uh, are, are limitless, you know, yeah, the, the possibility is limitless. And so that's one thing I was really passionate about, was really helping, encouraging the kids to think long term, although it's obviously, li- it's hard for the little ones, but really the senior high school guys, really to explain to them like, hey, yeah, like, you know, this is a short term pain now, 
but don't just think of this as a useless math subject that you never use it because, you know, I never thought I was going to use trigonometry, but look at me now, you know, so, uh, and I used to, ha I used to hate uh, sine, cos and tan, but, um, you know, I use it on the regular now. So um, it's really interesting to understand why you need to study those subjects and not just, you know, what, what they're actually about. So, um, yeah, I suppose that was that, that really cool role. And I really encourage people to do similar volunteering roles in their universities because it absolutely looks fantastic on your resume. But more than that, you develop skills and you develop interests in things that you probably never even knew about. And um, yeah, and through that, you can meet new people, make new connections, create bigger and better networks. And um, you'll never know where those networks will, um, you know, meet you around, uh, you know, later on in life. So those, I definitely encourage people to do that. So um, during, uh, I suppose, during the, the, the end of my, my university life, I did uh, at my university what's called the Industry Affiliates Program. So um, it's a pretty fancy word basically just for like a, a work internship or a work placement. Um, the only difference, I suppose, is that we had to do like a thesis paper. And I think mine was something like 70 to 80 pages. And it was like a research paper that you did whilst on your work experience, which for most people went on for about 14 weeks. And um, because I actually worked at Ergon Energy previously in, in my third year off, I was actually, um, maybe not lucky, but I was fortunate in the fact that I was able to go back to my old employer. I, I had good relationships with my former bosses. And I was able to, rather than have a, a, a placement, a work placement given to me, I was able to choose my previous employer as a work placement. And uh, I thought that was fantastic because I actually then got to do a work experience and a thesis paper that I knew I wanted to take my career in that direction. So that was so instrumental for me. And that's another reason why I encourage people to get into uh, work after high school is understanding where your interests are and those sort of things. So um, I went back to Ergon Energy, similar to Energex or any of your electricity uh, utilities in any state or country you're in. And uh, what I did for them is, is basically helped them design and construct um, like a, a portable emergency use power station. So these were, they were actually called like a Pegasus and they were basically this uh, shipping container, 40 foot shipping container that would load on the back of a truck and uh, basically had a little transformer, uh, protection, switch gear, communications, you know, computer, everything it needed. Uh, and then basically these would actually provide emergency short-term power one to, you know, one day to a couple of weeks for all of the far north Queensland towns and cities that would uh, experience, you know, tropical cyclones and tropical storms every summer for us. So that was a fantastic project that I really loved. And um, I mean, as I mentioned previously or earlier on, I, I had a pretty average GPA. Uh, I think it averaged around about the 60th percentile, to give you an idea, about a 4.8 GPA or something like that. It was pretty, pretty average, so don't laugh at me. But um, I, I was able to actually get full marks um, for, my, for my thesis uh, because I've always been interested in writing and talking. And, uh, and obviously when I'm passionate about something, I found it a lot easier to study it and learn it and be able to teach it or you know, talk about it. And so I ended up getting like almost full marks. I think it was like, you know, I got a seven or a high distinction for that paper. And, and that really lifted my GPA um, back up over the five or close to the five and a half mark. And that um, basically meant I went from like a 60 percentile GPA or university score up towards, I think, maybe the 70th mark. So um, that was a really, really turning point, I suppose, in my, in my career just to show that, hey, you know, I might not be the best at doing a three hour exam. 
But um, when I'm passionate about something, I can learn it, you know, I can talk about it and I can write it well. So that was a really big confidence booster for me. And, and also just to help me, uh, I suppose, believe that I could be an engineer because I suppose like a lot of you, you're, you're constantly wondering whether this is for you or whether you're going to make it out of the degree. So uh, rest assured, there are people like uh, that me that trudge along, you know, don't get the best scores, but as long as you're consistent and, uh, and you remember what you want to do and your why, I suppose, rather than just what you're doing every day, but your why for your degree, um, keep trudging through, even if you're doing just a few subjects uh, and you'll get there. So um, yeah, and then really just to, to I suppose, get on and, and, and talk about, I suppose, my post-uni life or, or, or after the internship. Um, obviously, Ergon or Energex, uh, they're, they're public companies, you know, government organisations. And um, I didn't really want to continue working with them after the work experience, um, just because it's got a very relaxed public mentality. Um, they're not very competitive in their work because they just have to service the government. And so um, I sort of knew I wanted to uh, work in the private sector. And I actually had one more semester of university to go. So I didn't want to spend the Christmas summer holidays um, working back at my old job at Liquorland. So I sent out uh, a bunch of, I suppose, unsolicited emails to a lot of the top engineering firms in Brisbane, um, companies like Oricon, Acom, Jacobs, GHD. And, and basically I sent this email, it was like a cover letter. And in the email I included, uh, it was about a page in length. I basically explained a, a bit about myself um, my previous internship at Ergon Energy, uh, as well as my thesis paper and I suppose the work I did, um, my career interests and my future goals, um, just to show them, I suppose, how motivated uh, I was, uh, and also my technical experience and my skills that I had gained uh, in my previous work experience at, in the internship, but also just in normal everyday jobs. Um, some, you know, things like team management, uh, communication skills, all of those generic ones that people talk about. So, um, and I suppose the last thing that, I mean, it might not make a massive difference. Uh, I don't know what it did for, for my chances, but I left a little note at the very bottom of the email. And rather than just saying like something like, thanks for your time, thanks for listening to me, blah, 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 blah. I didn't even ask them. I actually, politely, but I actually requested that people meet me for a coffee. Uh, and basically, I just said it something like, um, so if you're free this week, I'd like to sit down with you for a coffee and just get to know you more or, you know, the words I said along those lines uh, and basically explain more about myself. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like that was really a game changer for me. And that was um, because I knew that I didn't have one of the best GPAs to get the best grad jobs once I finished uni. Uh, and I knew that I didn't want to go back to Liquorland over the summer. I knew that getting an undergraduate role was key for me. Uh, and so I made sure that I worked really hard in distributing these emails um, out to all of the recruiters of all of these top firms uh, and really wanted to, to work on the fact that, hey, I'm motivated, I'm keen to work, I get paid nothing if I have to, but uh, I don't want to go back to Liquorland, I want to continue in the industry and, you know, I don't want to look back. So um, after that, I, I managed to get a phone call from uh, the graduate recruiter at GHD in Brisbane, um, sent me an email back, then that became a five-minute chat which was, and actually ended up turning into a 30-minute phone call. Uh, and then he then organised an interview or a casual, I suppose, casual coffee interview with um, the, uh, the Australian, I suppose, leader for power uh, or your high-voltage engineering, like I mentioned earlier, uh, and one of his team leads for the transmission and distribution space. So, um, yeah, I, I can't believe it. I've had over actually probably over 15 jobs in my life and um, that one ended up actually being... 
believe it or not, the best interview I'd ever done. Uh, just in terms of, I suppose, the way I connected with the guys, uh, the way I was able to talk about my roles and my experience, I just feel like I just nailed everything. And um, yeah, I, I, I can't, you know, some people have got, you know, different communication skills and different confidence to speak in public. And I know that's not easy for everyone, but if you, if you, if you feel like you don't have the natural skills in interviews, which are always hard for everyone, and I definitely get nervous, and when I get nervous, I speak faster and I go red. So, um, but just practice, practice, practice. Uh, as long as you have more and more practice, then things don't become, I suppose, as foreign to you. Uh, and then when things aren't as foreign to you, then you can definitely have a bit more confidence when you speak because you know it a bit better. So, um, but yeah, so then I just nailed that interview, which I was really pleased about. And I ended up actually then uh, starting within a couple of weeks at GHD once I've finished my, my internship. Um, and I worked with them over the summer, full time. Uh, and then I uh, still had the last semester, like I said. So I worked actually five days a fortnight um, doing, you know, uh, I suppose all, all, all of the, the normal work that I actually do now, which is really fantastic. They didn't you know, I wasn't making coffees or, you know, filing drawings. I was actually doing normal everyday uh, engineering work, which is really cool. And I'll explain, I suppose, my day to day in a second. But um, I worked uh, and, and still work, I suppose, in, in the GHD power service group. And um, that's all the HV work, like I mentioned, it's the renewable energy, the wind and solar, uh, the power generation. So that's your coal seam gas, um, you know, the, the steam turbines, the hydroelectric dams. Uh, the TND, so the, the power transmission and distribution, and um, and that's for companies like Energex, Ergon, uh, Essential Energy, Ausgrid, City Power, Western Power, um, and that's like I explained earlier. That's uh, in layman's terms, that's the poles and wires. Um, and another really interesting uh, team I worked in was actually the regulation team. So that's um, one where I, I enjoy it quite a bit. I mean, you obviously use your technical expertise, but it's it's more in a business sense, um, working for companies or, or organisations like like AEMO, the uh, Australian Energy Market Operator, uh, and also the AER, so the Australian Energy Regulator. And um, some of this work was uh, including working on the rules and the regulations on um, generators connecting to and providing power to the power grid uh, in Australia. So if anyone in the electrical industry knows, that's a really hot topic right now with renewable generators. And so the rules and regulations are changing all the time. So that's actually really interesting. So... Um, but yeah, just basically explain to everyone, I suppose, the day-to-day uh, of my real job or what I actually do um, as an engineer. I know that's what people always want to know when, when you're a university student. Um, but basically trying to give you a few examples of the types of jobs I do between those different teams. Um, one would be like forming a proposal um, to bid on a client's job. So like a, a RFQ, we call it, or a request for quotation. So um, let's say they want us to build um, you know, a solar farm, we'll do a proposal and that'll give, uh, depending on the, the, the type of project, that could be a five, 10, 20 page document and that's introducing the company, our company, um, introducing our team, talking about their project and how, we'd, how would we go about their project, how would we design it and our expertise in that area. Uh, and then obviously the, the costs of that, of, of what our job would cost to do for them. So it's, whether it's design, anything like that. So that's what's like a proposal. Um, so I'll work on those. Um, also doing like actual design work. So like AutoCAD work, um, maybe designing a power plant or a substation on AutoCAD, uh, including all the primary and secondary plant. If you want to know more about that, ask me. Um, also conducting things like DLF and MLF studies. 
So uh, they're all to do with the connecting of new generators to the grid. So uh, doing simulations on how this new solar farm will perform and how it will actually affect the power grid. So if you're interested, ask me more about that. Uh, and then the other one, another thing I'll do in my day-to-day -day is writing option studies and business cases on clients' existing assets. So basically whether someone has uh, you know, a, a substation or if they have a solar farm, to give you another example, um, writing an option study or a business case and analyzing their assets and how they should repair, replace, or keep those uh, assets as is um, to make sure that they're getting also the best performance, but also the best return on investment. So those are, I suppose, three or four of the things I'll do every day. Uh, if you want any more explanation, you know, don't, don't hesitate to ask. So, um, and also just to explain a little bit more, like I said earlier about that KCC role, that key client coordinator, that's basically, uh, like I said, that, that voluntary role uh, and that's a bit more on the, the business development side. It's not quite a uh, day-to-day engineering role. But basically what I do there is um, work with Origin Energy, which is actually a, a gas and energy company, uh, one of the largest generators in Australia. And um, what I actually do as a key client coordinator is uh, I actually manage and look after the client engagement team. So Origin Energy, they're obviously a big client for us. So we actually name them a key client. And then what we do is we actually have a client engagement team to make sure we manage the relationship with them. And so we have a guy called a client relationship manager, who was, I suppose, like the head of that client engagement team. And um, what he actually does, he's normally familiar with the client, knows a lot of the guys in that company. And um, he actually is the main, I suppose, point of contact for them. Uh, and then you have myself, the organizer, the, the KCC. Uh, and then what we do is we also have leads from each team or each service that mostly does work with this client, for example, Origin. And what we do uh, as, the, as the KCC or the inclined engagement team, we actually uh, organize and, and understand, I suppose, the business side of the engineering, uh, including how to understand the client and their needs, um, what the future work is for that client, and how we can tailor our services or tailor our personnel and the skill sets we have or what we need um, to meet their needs. You know, obviously the current work they're doing, what is the company gonna do in one year, five years, and how can we change our team or our skill set um, to make sure that we are gonna be a big part of their business going forward. So that's a really interesting discussion to have. And as a young engineer, I'm only 27, it's really interesting to see not only the technical side, but that business side, because that's definitely where I wanna take my career. And um, it's really interesting to see how you uh, tailor your business dynamically on the, on the go and to make sure that you're meeting your clients' needs so that if their business changes, you're not gonna be left in the dust, but you're actually gonna to continue to work with them as they evolve, you evolve as well. So that's something really fascinating. Um, so as the KCC, I actually organize the monthly meeting, um, get all these guys together, um, talk about how our relationship is as GHD with that client, um, how we have done on recent projects, um, if we've missed on proposals or if we've won on proposals and why. Um, and things like, are we too expensive? You know, did we not meet the client's needs enough when competing against other engineering firms? And um, yeah, I find it really interesting to also then meet with a lot of these senior leaders from these different teams. So they could be mining, dams, tunnels, water, civil, structural, electrical. And so I can and meet and, and, and learn from a lot of these guys as well. Just like being a fly on the wall, um, you know, I might not need to learn anything about dams, 
but I'll might learn something really important like communication skills from the dams engineer. So uh, for me, it's a really fascinating and interesting role to work in the KCC to just rub shoulders and learn from a lot of these senior engineers that have been around for 10, 15, 20, 30 years in the, in the industry. So I really enjoy that role as a voluntary role uh, on top of my, my normal every day-to-day engineering, I suppose, at, uh, at GHD. So, um, and I suppose uh, uh, the, the last um, role I have or the last you know, aspect I have um, is my committee work. And uh, that's at Young Engineers Queensland, like I explained. Um, and that's pretty much the Young Engineers branch for, for Engineers Australia. And basically that's a, a eight to 10 person committee that I'm a member of. And um, we have obviously a, a, small, uh, a small input or contribution to the overall direction of Engineers Australia. And um, we sort of talk on behalf of the younger engineers, um, obviously on important topics for us, such as things like chartership, how do you get chartered? You know, what is the chartership process like? How can we improve that process? And that's sort of those sort of things. Um, Another cool, I suppose, interesting uh, aspect or role that I have as a committee member uh, is being able to organise and host uh, social and technical events for young engineers. So these are things like networking events, mentoring programs, um, post-project analysis. So actually talking with the project engineers, the design engineers and the clients. We actually had recently uh, like a panel event talking about a large, large project in Brisbane, how it went, you know, from the client's perspective, from the design engineer's perspective, from the site engineer's perspective. So, and obviously educational and technical seminars as well. So um, I really, really love this role and I really encourage people to um, really, really put your, put your foot out there and, and even before you finish university um, or if you're already working, get into different committees, whether it's a technical committee, you can be part of committees like your, your structural, civil, electrical committees, or you can be part of, I suppose, a less technical or a more social committee like young engineers. And um, it, it's really, I, I think, a, a great opportunity because it allows me to, to practice and develop skills that I don't, I suppose, use or I use less of um, in my day-to-day role. And um, I also meet really passionate and driven individuals that aren't electrical engineers, you know, from, from other engineering disciplines that really like to contribute to and improve the industry they're part of. Um, that's one thing I find super fascinating is, is these guys that, you know, either want to share information, build their network, help educate people. And in that, we also help young students and other people get jobs and stuff. You know, that, it's all about improving the connections and the friendships and, and, and those mentorships we have with other people. So, um, yeah, we have a bunch of social events. We have like balls. We have um, breakfast. We have a bunch of things. So um, I really, really enjoy work doing my committee work. And so I definitely encourage people to um, at least look at them, maybe talk to me if you want to learn more about committee work. Um, two of my best engineering colleagues and now friends are actually, uh, and you'll hear about them in the future. I've already we're already interviewed them and we'll be releasing their podcast interview soon. Uh, it's actually Robert Hoffman and Trang Pham. So they're two really good friends of mine and uh, they're actually the vice chair and chair of Young Engineers Queensland. So um, you'll definitely hear from them as well, their input or their take on what it's like uh, to work in a committee and the skills and interests you can learn from that. So... Um, yeah, just, just if you're not already bored yet, that's basically a rundown of, of my story. Um, if you've got any questions for me uh, about my uni life, uh, my career to date, uh, please don't hesitate to ask. Um, I've got a link uh, at the bottom on the webpage, but um, hit me up at, on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Ryan Lumens. Uh, 
And uh, please as well, if you've liked this podcast or if I've missed some things, if I've, you know, if there's things you've liked or disliked, please tell us because Jack Orbort and I, we want this to be like a mirror and we want this, this podcast and this, this, I suppose, blog to be a, a, a net knowledge hub, but also a, a network in a way that people can get their an- questions answered, find out more interesting things like different types of industries or sub, uh, sub-disciplines of engineering that you didn't know about. So please give us feedback on what you liked, what do you want to listen to, what do you want to hear about? Uh, are there some famous engineers that we can definitely interview? Um, so please ask us about that. Um, you can email us um, or you can obviously hit us on our, all our socials uh, or on our, uh, on our website, The Pretend Engineers. So um, yeah, thanks very much, uh, guys. And um, yeah, talk to you soon. Cheers. Thank mm-hmm. you.